Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Well, church, as we start the Wonder Woman series today, by the way, what am I saying? Okay. As we start the series today, though, I need to share with you something, um, and I don't really know how to share it, uh, but it's something that uh, I've been hiding for a long time. It's something that uh, many people have maybe questioned and wondered and thought about. Something my mom has known since day I was born. My wife, I had to share it with her just recently because I just felt compelled that as we start this series today, that I must share with you something. I don't know how to say it. I don't know. I really don't know. But I'll come out of the closet. I am Superman. No one's shocked. You all knew? I thought, I I knew some of you probably wondered, but I don't know. Wonder Woman. Well, today we start our series entitled Wonder Woman. And uh, turn your Bibles to Proverbs 31, and uh, it's going to be a great series. We're going to celebrate moms next week, and, uh, and it's going to be a good time. Uh, but as we jump into the, uh, the series today, uh, I just want to clarify something. Obviously, we're having fun. Aren't these, aren't these kind of cool right here? Come on. I know some of you walked in and you thought, oh, the high school must be having some sort of drama taking place this week. And, they weren't allowed to take down their stuff. No, we actually put this up. And, uh, and uh, I just want to thank Paul, wherever you're at, Paul, for creating this. <laughs> Melissa and Joe for coming up with the, with the creative ideas. And um, it, looks, it looks pretty cool. And, uh, but as we start this series today, and you know, we had the little cartoon uh, thing on there. We're going to dive into Proverbs 31. And so I just want to clarify something. When we're talking about Wonder Woman, I don't know if you can bring up the first image. When we're talking about Wonder Woman... We're not, we don't want you to envision that, all right? Because I know for some of the dudes that, you know, that might cause you, you know, not to think about Proverbs 31, okay? And, uh, and so this is, we're not saying that, you know, Proverbs 31, this is, she is Proverbs 31, because clearly by the way she's dressed, she is not <laughs> Proverbs 31. And I know most of the ladies are out there probably looking at that little skirt, short thing she has. It's not flattering at all, by the way. It, um... And so that's not the picture, you know, that I think of when I think of Proverbs 31. That's not what's going through my mind. Now, on the other hand, this, when I think of Proverbs 31, this really is probably the, the image that would be going through my mind because uh, to me, she is Wonder Woman. I just scored a whole lot of points right there. <laughs> Write that one down, okay? Um, so here we go. We're going to jump into Proverbs 31, and we're going to read it. And it should be on the screens if you're turning your Bibles. That'd be fantastic as well, or point it up on your phones. And by the way, that was a picture of my wife. For those of you that are, <laughs> I should probably clarify that. Um, for those of you that are here for the first time, um, that was a picture of my wife. And so Proverbs 31, we're going to read through the whole chapter um, if, I, if I, you know, say some names wrong, I know we always have some people out there, some theologians and uh, some, you know, Bible scholars out there. And so if I, I say some names wrong, get over it, okay? 
Proverbs 31, starting in verse 1. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Okay? And uh, so we're going to talk about this a little bit, but this is the words of a mom given to her son, and now her son is writing them, and they're put in Proverbs, the book of wisdom, so that we might glean something from it. What did Lemuel get taught by his mom? What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. It is for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing. In other words, help them out. They're wounded, they're in pain. And wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. These are the first nine verses of Proverbs 31, the first section of an oracle that King Lemuel was taught by his mom. And if you read it, it comes across like correction. It comes across as, hey, son, yo, son, three times, hey, son, listen to me. Stop living the way you're living. You're not living like a king. You're not behaving like a king. You're not treating others like a king. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop giving yourself to women that aren't yours. Stop getting drunk. Stop living the way you're living. So the mom is coming. Now in verse 10, she begins to go into what uh, the church would know as the Proverbs 31 woman, okay? And so here's the correction, okay? Now, son, that I've corrected you, I'm gonna give you a really important piece of advice, verse 10. And it starts with a question. An excellent wife who can find. An excellent wife who can find. Now, if you're married men, I just want you to know something. You found her. Guys, that would have been a great time to say amen really loud. Okay. You found her, all right? Okay. An excellent wife who can find, and all the married men say we found her. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and not flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of a merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions of her, uh, for her maidens. She considers the field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to those in need. She is not afraid 
of, uh, she is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself, her clothing, fine linen, and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. That's what my children do every morning. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is just awesome. And I pray, uh, Lord, as we go through the Proverbs 31 over the next several weeks, that God, you would teach us. Um, Lord, that this would not just be a message that encourages and elevates women, but it would be a word that challenges men. Uh, and it would be a word that challenges the church that we would be the bride of Christ. We would be the woman that, 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 that Christ is coming back for, that virtuous woman, that godly bride. Hallelujah. That we would all learn through this time in Proverbs 31. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. The book of Proverbs is, is an awesome book. It's really known as a wisdom book, and I like to look at it this way, God's wisdom for daily living. Uh, a matter of fact, one of my mentors, and you've probably heard this before, and I'm sure he stole it from somebody else, um, but there's either 30 days or 31 days in a month, and he taught me uh, when I was younger to read a proverb a day. And then if you read a proverb a day, by the end of the month, you've read through the whole book of Proverbs. The other thing he taught me was read five psalms a day, and if you read five psalms a day, uh, you've read through the whole book of Psalms in a month. And so uh, early on in our marriage, it's one of the things I would do. I would read five psalms a day and one proverbs a day. Why proverbs? Because proverbs is, is really known as a, as a book of wisdom, wisdom from God for daily living. Here in chapter 31, um, there's a dispute over who the real author is uh, a little bit. Um, some believe that the author of this chapter, of chapter 31, is King Solomon, okay, King Solomon would be the one that uh, would go on and have a lot of wives. If you read on in the scripture, even though he was blessed with great wisdom, he went on and had like 300 wives and like 700 concubine. And uh, that's a lot of women in your life. Okay? And so a lot of scholars believe that, that, that his mother Bathsheba then would be, his mother would be giving Solomon wisdom. Hey, let me give you a bit of wisdom, king, uh, because you're blowing it. Okay, you're losing it, and I need to speak into your life. Others believe that uh, really the first nine verses and then the, the, the following 21 verses should be two completely different chapters and that they really didn't flow together. Obviously, though, there was enough proof when they canonized the scriptures as we know them today that they did flow together. Others believe that it wasn't King Solomon, although I kind of lean that way. It's a bit of wisdom about wisdom, which apparently Solomon needed to hear. Others, though, believe it was King Lemuel of Massa, mentioned in Genesis 25, 14, okay? So there's two different, two different thoughts out there. Um, my, my thought is this, 
that's great, and we should maybe look into that a little bit, but really what I want to do is get into the text and look and see what it says. Look and see what it says. What does it mean to us today? It's good to know, was it written to King Solomon? I'm leaning that way. Some scholars lean the other way. But one thing we do know, it was important enough to be in the Bible as chapter 31 of Proverbs. It was good enough to be there than it's good enough to apply to my life. Are you with me this morning? There's some wisdom here that you and I need to gain. Now, I want you to notice this, that right off the bat, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What is an oracle? An oracle is this, and I think it's important for the next four weeks to understand this. An oracle is a divine revelation communicated through God's spokesperson. In other words, this is God's oracle coming through the mom, God's spokesperson, okay, coming through the mom, usually pronouncing blessing, instruction, or judgment, So this oracle, understanding that's important, meaning that this is coming from God through Lemuel's mother, whoever Lemuel really is, through Lemuel's mother, and it's coming, and it's very important. Here it's not pronouncing judgment, it's not pronouncing blessing, although there is some blessing in it. Really what it is, is instruction for us, okay? Couple different theories out there. Who is Proverbs 31 really written about or to? Who who is this to? Many people believe that the Proverbs 31 woman described in here is describing what the bride of Christ should look like. That Proverbs 31 is saying, hey, church, bride of Christ, this is what you need to look like. This is who you need to be. This is who you need to represent. This is who you are. And I believe there's a bit of truth to that, that as we read through Proverbs 31, that this just isn't written to women. Women, this is who you ought to be. But this is the church, and church, this is how we ought to live. This is the bride of Christ, and we need to adorn ourselves, live in such a way that that exemplifies Christ so that other people want to come into the kingdom of God. Are you with me? Okay. Others believe, though, it is simply written to a woman, okay? In that if you desire to be a godly woman, okay, how many women do I have out there? Holler at me. All right, okay. And if you desire to be a godly woman, that here is, here is kind of a checklist for you, okay? Now, how many women out there do you read that and you're like, I can never be that woman? Only one of you, okay? The rest of you, okay, you're there, fantastic, all right? You haven't lived enough life yet, I guess, all right? I mean, you read this list and you're looking at it and you're like, Wow! Maybe it's someone I would like to be, and, you know, and obviously we, we can take and look at it today. I mean, you're probably, I don't know if you're going to clothe your children in scarlet, but maybe you do, all right? But there's some principles that we're going to go through over the next, you know, couple of weeks here on a Sunday. Well, we're going to look at this, and uh, it, it's, it's kind of a checklist that, women, if you desire to live godly, be godly, be that, here, here's, here's some things that you can apply to your life, and we're going to look at those. But it's not just written to women. And it's not just written about the church. I believe it's written to men and women, okay? Because look at it now. It's a mom speaking to her son, right? Son, there's some things I need you to understand. In other words, it's not just a checklist for, for women if they want to live godly and they want to be that virtuous wife. It is a checklist for men. Men, if you want to find a virtuous woman, look at the first question, right? In verse 10, an excellent wife who can find son, Lemuel. 
Okay? And then she goes in and says, here's what she looks like. Here's what you need to look for, King Lemuel, if you want to find her. And it really now becomes not only a checklist for women if they want to live godly, but somewhat of a checklist for guys of what to look for. Okay? And we're going to talk a little bit about, about some of that today. Okay? Um, because as men, all right, I mean, let's just be honest, there is a season in your life where the, your checklist is this. Is she single? Yes. Is she hot? Yes. And that's your checklist. Now listen to me, okay? I, don't, I, think, I think if, you know, that's okay to have that be a part of your checklist, okay? But if that's the only thing on your checklist, you're in trouble, all right? You're in trouble. And here's why. Because if that's the only thing on your checklist, then the only thing women are going to work on is being single and being hot. Well, okay, we'll go there today, all right? I think there should be a little bit of a list. This is so important, okay? How important is it? Let me show you how important this is to understand this principle of, of, of Proverbs 31, okay? Because here's the reality of life. If you marry the wrong one, life sucks. Write that down. If you get nothing out of, else out of today, if you, now let me tell you this. If you're married, you married the right one. Okay? Okay, let's just, we'll just stop there. And pastor, why does my life suck? <laughs> Look at this. How important is this? How important is Proverbs 31? Look at some of these verses. Why is it so important? I think we have Proverbs 12.4 on the screen. Is Proverbs 12.4 going to come up? There it is, Proverbs 12, 4. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. You see it? I got a crown. Okay. But she who brings shame is like rottenness in the bones. How important is it? This is Proverbs 12, 4. How many of you want a crown? How many of you want your bones to rot? Okay? Check. That was an easy one, right? Okay? Here, here's another one. Pull up the next one here. Here's Proverbs 14.1. The wisest of builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. Okay? I don't know about you, but I want to know that if I'm out and I'm working, I'm out doing something that I trust, which is one of the things talked about in Proverbs 31, that I trust my wife, that she is not at home tearing down my children, tearing down our finances, tearing. I want to know, are you with me, that she is building her house, that she's building right alongside of me. How important is Proverbs 31? Look at this one, Proverbs 21.9. This is a good one, Proverbs 21.9. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop, check this out now, than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Now think about the picture that got painted there. This woman will not stop. She wants to argue about everything and anything. Right? So much so that the husband, the head of the household, says, you know what? I'm going to go find me a corner on top of the house somewhere, and I'm going to stay there. Think about that. How many of you want that wife? 
It's quiet here today. Right? This is important. Okay? This is important to understand. Okay? This is very important. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be quarrelsome. I don't want to have a quarrelsome wife. Okay? Okay, we're going to see some, some truths today, though. This is very important. I think it's very, very important that as men, we have an understanding of Proverbs 31, okay? That we have an understanding of of what a godly woman looks like. In just a minute, we're going to talk about the man, but what a godly woman looks like so that our checklist isn't just single and hot, okay? But that as you, uh, you know, men, if you're here and you're married, and you say, wow, you know, my wife really isn't those things, there's something you can do, and I'm going to show you in just a minute. But if you're single right now, and, and, and you don't want to stay single, and you're a guy, there's some things that you need to do, okay? There's some things that you, that you should do. Now, I just want to clarify, because I, I made a comment about uh, eHarmony last week, and I joked around how many guys were here last week, and, and you know, okay? I made a comment about eHarmony, and I want to clarify something. I do not think that in today's society that there is anything wrong with using these websites to find somebody. I don't. I can't see it scripturally that it's wrong. Matter of fact, if I really wanted to dive into it, we could go back to the idea of arranged marriages, which is biblical, and I could say all eHarmony is doing is arranging a marriage. Come on, somebody. Okay? But listen to me. If you are going to use those ones, that is called a tool. No, I don't think you should be 16 and on eHarmony. Come on, somebody. I don't even think you should be 18 and be on eHarmony. But if you've been living some life and you're looking around Canvas and you say, man, Canvas is still growing and I don't want to go to a bar to find somebody, which is good, by the way. I'm glad. Proud of you. Don't do that. Okay? But you're looking around Canvas Church and maybe, you know, it's like, man, I love my church because, man, Pastor Ben can preach. Thank you. And the worship is incredible. Which, by the way, be back here tonight, 6 o'clock, first Sunday. We're going to have some incredible worship taking place right here. Okay? You didn't get enough this morning, come back 6 o'clock. No preaching, just worship. We're going to get into it. It's going to be awesome, okay? But if you're looking around and, and maybe in your mid to late 20s and, and you're kind of like, man, you know what, God, I love my church and I want to leave. What are my options? Okay, there's tools out there, and that's one of those tools. And I, I believe you can go there and use that tool appropriately. But listen to me, have a checklist. Don't just put on there, I'm blonde, blue eyes, single, okay? And don't take somebody else's profile picture either and use it. Come on, somebody, Okay? <laughs> Be honest and be upfront. Say, here's who I am, okay? And, and, you know, ask them. When they reach out and they ask some questions, you know, ask some specific questions, you know? Are you with me? It's a tool. There's nothing wrong with a tool. It's like a hammer. A hammer is a really great tool in the hands of someone that knows how to use it. But if I put that tool in the hand of a two-year-old, you know what the first thing they're going to do with is it? They're going to suck on it. Right? Okay? Yeah? No, that's not how you use it. What do you do? You go like this, and they're going to be like, bam, bam, bam. They're going to hurt themselves, okay? E-harmony is the same way. Listen, if you're 16, okay, you're going to hurt yourself, okay? Anyway, I just wanted to clarify that. Have a checklist. What's that checklist? It's the Bible. Proverbs 31. I want to jump right into it, and we're only going to cover this one point today because we're going to go out and have some tacos. Come on, somebody. Wonder Woman. As we begin to talk about Wonder Woman, 
We're talking about Proverbs 31. And and my, my first point is simply this. Wonder Woman starts with Superman. What? No, I read the comic books. And I remember, they did go on one date if you read the comic books. Remember, and they were sitting in the cafe, right? And then the dark side showed up. Come on, how many comic book people do I have out there? And you remember this one. Am I the only one? I know I'm reaching. Okay, Don, thank you. You remember. And I mean, Wonder Woman can't get married anyway, right? Because she's an Amazon and they're not allowed to marry. See, I'm educating you on Wonder Woman. Like, what? Talking about. What do you mean by Wonder Woman starts with Superman? Here's what I mean. A wonderful woman starts with a superman. Wonderful women start with supermen. Look at the way Proverbs 31 is written. It doesn't just jump right in and begin to address the woman. Hey, here's a checklist for you. Live like that. The first thing it does is it corrects the man. It jumps in and starts to correct King Lemuel. Hey, King. Hey, son. Son. Listen. Son. Listen up. This is a call to men. Hey, men, listen up. If you want a queen, you got to live like a king. Because, see, there's a lot of men out there that they have this idea of this woman that, that they want, and they put this woman on this pedestal, and, man, and it's like you just described like, wow, a queen. But then if we were to look at your life, you're not living like a king. But only a king gets a queen. There is no queen unless there's, are you with me? Okay. And so if you have this checklist, guys, you better look at yourself. King Lemuel, men, hey, you need to shape up. You need to stop living like this. You need to stop going and presenting yourself in such a way that women now change their person because they look at men and they say, well, that's the kind of, man that's available, then I'm going to have to change the way I dress. I'm going to have to change the way I look. I'm going to have to change the way I talk. I'm going to, are you with me? To have wonderful women, we got to have super men out there. Let, let me prove it to you. Ephesians. If you want to turn there, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 25. Husbands, notice who it addresses first. Husbands, love your wives. I do. Okay, well then it tells us how to love our wives. As Christ loved the church. Okay, so I'm going to do it as Christ. What did Christ do? It it tells you that too. And gave himself up for her. What, what, What did he give up? His life. He died so that she could live. Oh, wow. Husbands, dress as husbands first. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now listen to this, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word. Who's the one that sanctifies? Who's the one that cleanses? Jesus. Okay, husbands, men, as Jesus was, so you ought to be. You are the one that sets her up for success. You are the one that goes and paves the way for her to be this virtuous woman in Proverbs 31 that you so desire. So if you are looking for that and not finding that, maybe it's because you need to look in the mirror. 
Okay, this would be the place where all the women are saying amen. Okay, and all the guys are glaring at me with hatred in their hearts. Okay. <laughs> Sanctify the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church, the bride, to himself in splendor, listen to it now, without spot and wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Who does that? Jesus. Who is supposed to personify that in the world? The men. This is really good. Unless you're a guy. (laughs) We're supposed to be like Christ, man. We got to take Proverbs 31 in context. If we want to see these kind of women and we want to build her up and edify her and see, then we got to have some super men. Look at what the mom does. She challenged, she knew something. Let's just say that most scholars are right and it is Bathsheba writing to her son, King Solomon. Think about her life. Think about what she went through, how she had to live, what she did. She challenges him. Do not live this way, son. Now listen, I want you to hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that every woman in here, in order for you to be this Proverbs 31 woman, that you need to have a husband. I'm not saying that. Jesus Christ did the work, sanctified the church, set you up. Okay, what I'm saying is this, is that the men in our culture will set the pace for the women. Prove it. Let me prove it to you. I guarantee you there would be a lot less immorality in our society of men would stop going to strip clubs. If men stop going to strip clubs, guess what happens? They're not making any money. If they're not making any money, what happens? They shut down. The reason that women are stripping is because men are going to see them strip. Right? Listen, we would see a lot less immoral. We would see a lot less women walking around dressing provocatively if when guys are walking down the streets, they're not walking like this. Mm. Mm. And I wish I was just talking about single men. So I know the married guys are in there like, yeah, those single men. Mm. He who is without sin cast the first stone. I remember not too long ago, I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was, I was studying. And as I was studying, these three dudes walk in and to get coffee. And this girl goes to walk out and the guy's like jamming. He's like, hey, five o'clock, five o'clock. And they all, they all like turn and they literally watch her walk out of the coffee shop. And then they even step over here so they can see her after she walks out. They're like, oh, dude, she was, oh, man. They go up to pay, and they pull their hands out of their pockets, and all three of them had wedding rings on. I was like, oh, man, I wish I would have had my phone out. (laughs) Video, YouTube. I was like, are you kidding me? 
But the, the reason we're not seeing this is because men, we're not. Are you with me? It's quiet. It's going to be a good series. She addresses her son and his lifestyle and his living before he ever gets to, hey, who can find a good, good wife? If you want to find Proverbs 31, Wonder Woman, it starts with super men. Immorality would be a lot less. Listen to me. We would find more women if there were more men. I mean, I can break it down. If you're out there and you really and you're a single man, there's nothing more attractive for a Proverbs 31 woman than a man who is in love with another man and his name is Jesus Christ. How many of you guys glad I finished that sentence right there? Right? <laughs> A man who is absolutely in love with Jesus Christ, who puts God first, will put his future wife first. If you really want to find a good man, ladies, look and see the way he treats his mom, look and see the way he treats the church. Because how he treats the church and how he treats his mom is exactly the way he's going to treat you. Because after you get married, all the flowers, all the chocolates, all the love letters dry up. Well, you haven't opened the book lately, have you? Mm -hmm. We have a little book, and we write little, I write little. She's supposed to write back. But. I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying. Guys, it's, it's honestly, listen to me, and this is not just for single men. Listen to me, men, if you are married right now, and you read Proverbs 31, you're like, I don't know where she's at. I guarantee you if I met her privately and said, hey, how's your husband? She would wonder where Superman is at. Yeah. See, it's so easy to point the finger. It's hard to take responsibility and say, you know what? I'm really the one that sets the pace as the man in the mirror. I'm really the one that sets the pace. I'm the one. And I know some people, they, they get married and they're like, they might, might feel like they missed out on it. Listen to me. Most marriages don't fail because you married the wrong one. Most marriages fail because you are not giving yourself to your marriage. Let me put it this way. Most marriages fail, fail because people are selfish. Selfish. And they say, well, you know, it's just that there's so many attractive women out there and you know, whatever it might be. And the old saying, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. You know? And my old pastor said this one time, and I'll never forget, he said, no, the grass is greener wherever you water it. Stop watering the other side of the fence. Start watering the side you live on. And guess what? It's going to be really green. We want to see this, then, man, we got to pave the way. Honestly, if, if we want to be a, a man with a virtuous, whether we're married now or looking to get married in the future, 
or we're setting examples. I got two daughters, and I set an example. I am the husband I am today because my dad showed me how to be that. I am the dad I am today because my dad showed me how to be that. The way I treat my wife is a direct model of the way my dad treated my mom. But by the grace of God, if you didn't have that, you can begin to change that. And I'm setting something up for my daughters. I am going to be an example for my children. My children, by the grace of God, will not be involved in bad relationships because I've modeled for them a good one and I pray for them every day and I got a gun. And I will use all three if I have to. Okay? Yeah. We might want to delete that from the podcast. I don't know. And we got to model this thing. What's sad, ladies and gentlemen, and, and we wonder why we're not seeing this type of woman, and we're wondering why we see lesbianism on the rise, it's because men aren't being men. And culture does not celebrate men. Look at your sitcoms. It tears men down. There's this overweight dude laying on the couch watching TV and some hot little number two walks in. Y'all know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? Listen, I know I'm not Superman, but I'm, I'm working on it. Okay? Before I get the six pack, I'm going for a one pack, all right? I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I know it's your heart, but let's be honest. Come on, somebody. Looks are nice, too. Hmm. Culture doesn't celebrate that. No, when you have a culture that demeans a football player for living righteously and putting Christ first, a Heisman Trophy winner, but all of a sudden now he gets into the NFL and everybody mocks him, ridicules him, makes fun of him, and really destroys his career. Why? Because he loves Jesus. When we live in a culture that does that, but on the other side, someone comes out and says, I'm in love with a man, but it ain't Jesus. He gets a call from the President of the United States. I... And then we wonder where Proverbs 31 woman is at. Hold on, let me get down off my soapbox real quick. Okay. Look at who is addressed first in Proverbs 31. It's the man. Look who's addressed first in Ephesians chapter 5. It's the man. Hey, guys, do this. See, the guys love the, the second part of Ephesians 5 is women. Submit your husband. Yeah. And we just submit. Submit. But we forget something. We need to lay our life down. We need to lay our life down. King, the mule. You want to find a good wife? You want to find that person? You need to change. You need to change. Men, if we want to see the church become the church that Jesus is dreaming about, we've got to become the men 
that Jesus is asking for. If we're looking around the room and we're saying, man, where's, I want to meet somebody, but where's all the godly women? Maybe you need to look in the mirror and say, am I being like Jesus? You're in a marriage right now, guys, and you feel like your marriage isn't as strong as you want it to be, and you can list off 15 things that you wish your wife would change. There's about 30 that you probably should change. And if we would realize that wonderful women start with supermen, we would see a change in our culture. We would see a change in our church. And we would see the glorious bride that Jesus dreams about. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is, is awesome. God, thank you for challenging us today. Uh, just as we cl- close, you can keep your eyes open, you can close them, whatever. Think about where you're at. But just as we close, you might be sitting out there and saying, okay, I need to be a super man. Okay, what does that look like? What does that look like? I gave you a snapshot of it, Ephesians chapter 5. We'll, we'll talk some more about these things over the next th- three weeks now. But if you're sitting here and you're walking out like, okay, I get it. I get it. If, if, if we want to see this, then I've got to be this. It's not fair to give women a checklist and say, because I guarantee you, every woman in here, as they read through Proverbs 31, they look at it and say, that is impossible. But the reason it's possible, two reasons, first and foremost, is Jesus Christ. Because of what he did on the cross, But secondly, the thing that makes it possible is godly men. Godly men living and modeling the person of Jesus Christ. And you're a man, you're saying, how do I do that? There's a lot of pages written about it. It's called the Bible. In the pages of the Bible, you see the life of Jesus. You want to know how to be a super man? You want to know how to live that way so that we can continue to raise up godly people in a godly generation? Get in this right here. Get in this right here. But pastor, can you just give me like three simple points that I can apply and be that man? Yeah, I wish I could say go get some blue tights and a red cape and a phone booth and you'll be all right. Let me give you three points. You want to be that man? Number one, read the Bible. Number two, memorize the Bible. Number three, live the Bible. You want more points than that? Meditate on the Bible. Want another one? Study the Bible. That's how we become like Jesus. That's how we become like the bride of Christ. So let me ask you a question. When's the last time you picked this up? Because listen to me. Everything we do on earth, ladies and gentlemen, will eventually fade, crumble, and fall. 
the only thing that remains, the only thing that makes it to heaven is a life that was impacted by the grace of Jesus Christ. That's it. I like having nice things. I love my Jeep. And that's probably a strong word. I like my Jeep strongly. It's a fun car. Every once in a while, I let my wife drive it. I like being able to get my kids nice things. But at the end of the day, I mean, it would be cool to think that my Jeep could make it to heaven. Because off-roading or just driving on some streets of gold, come on, somebody. It's when a life that is radically transformed by the grace of Jesus Christ begins to transform somebody else by the grace of Jesus Christ who begins to transform somebody else by the grace of Jesus Christ who begins to, are you with me today? Hallelujah. The tacos are getting cold. Close your eyes. God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you that you are a good God and you got great things in store for us. Lord, we thank you that we could come together and be challenged by your word as well as encouraged. Lord, we thank you for the fellowship that comes through the body of Christ where we can hold each other accountable and begin to challenge one another, encourage one another, push others on to achieve great things, not only in this life, but to achieve great things in your kingdom, to share the love of Jesus with others. So, Lord, right now in this moment, as we close, I ask that if there be anybody in this place, Lord, that is not right with you, that is not a Christian, that's not a Christ follower, that's not living for your kingdom, and Lord, that, that they know that as they sit here today, that this would be their moment to say yes to Jesus. This would be their moment to come into a relationship with you that changes everything. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.